podcast. I'm your host, LT World. For those of you who don't know me, on this podcast, we take a look at cultural topics and other debated topics and try to look at both sides and see which sides make the most sense. We also do interviews with some crazy people who are involved in culture or in the arts or just have interesting backgrounds, and we also do some of that. So if any of that sounds interesting to you, definitely subscribe or follow on whatever podcast platform you're following on. And you can also check out my Instagram and my Twitter. And I also have a website called ltworld.info if you want to find out more information and all that stuff will be in the description below. And I also want to throw out there at the end of this month, March 31st, I'm releasing an interview, an interview with a friend called Vanya, who runs his own production company. And we talk a lot about the movies and just where the movie industry is heading. We also talk more about his stuff. So if you want to figure out what find, want to look forward to that, definitely again, subscribe. And also, I just want to throw out there, share this podcast with people you think would enjoy it or have an interest in these type of things because we're growing here on the Light the World community and it's fun to watch. And I definitely think more people would love to be part of it. So continue to share this and spread it around. Now, today, we are jumping into a topic that can bring up a lot of hatred. I'll just put it that way. We're going to be talking about transgender philosophy and gender theory philosophy on this on this chan- on this episode. My my goal in this episode is not to delve into the emotional arguments. I'm not even going to talk about necessarily practically, like politically speaking, what we ought to do. None of that. We're just going to be looking more at the philosophy. Does it make sense? And what does each side say as of why it should? So I understand this is a challenging issue that's deeply tied to identity. Um, but I don't think that in of itself is a reason why we can't talk about it in a fair and fair-minded and reasonable way. I mean, people debate and discuss religion all the time, and that is deeply tied to identity as well. So why not be able to talk about these things openly? So with that being said, let's jump into it. Before we start, I do want to talk a little, I want to define some terms. I want to make sure we're on the same page as far as our terms go before we start jumping into the arguments and see which sides make the most sense. So to start, I do want to define gender. So we're going to talk a lot about gender. We're going to talk a lot about sex. And we're going to talk a lot about transgenderism and all these different things. So I just want to make sure we're all clear on what I'm meaning by these words. So I am pulling my gender definition from WHO, the World Health Organization. And as they say, gender refers to the characteristics of women, men, girls, and boys that are socially constructed. This includes norms, behaviors, and rules associated with being a woman, man, girl, or boy, as well as relationships with each other. As a social construct, gender varies from society to society and can change over time. So as we talked about in the history of transgender theory, history of gender theory, we talked about how gender and sex are seen as two separate things and that the one is um, biological and natural in a sense, and the other one is cultural and socially informed. And so gender is the culturally and socially informed aspect to this discussion. Then the next definition I want to talk about is sex, which is just from the Webster Dictionary. Sex are the reproductive organs and structures of the human body. So vagina or penis or whatever maybe that that is what actually makes up your physical sex. So you have gender, the behavioral traits, and the norms and all that stuff um, that's prescribed to men and women, or if you want to go down even the other extent, uh, multiple genders across the spectrum that may not be tied necessarily to a man or woman, feminine or masculine. And then you have sex, which is the physical, biological nature of human beings. And then you have what we would call gender theory. And I'm pulling this from the United Nations website. Gender theory informed informed approaches recognizing gender as an inextricably, ah, 
linked with social constructs that that the meanings attached to sex and other differences are socially created. So, as we kind of talked about with gender, gender theory is just the idea that gender is informed by social constructs, and that um, these are things that are attached. These these social constructs are attached to sex and how people portray themselves as their sex, which would then be gender would be your expression of how you identify. So with that all thrown out there, I just want to make sure we're all on the same page definition wise and just make sure we are cruising with the same language. Now let's just start jumping into the arguments. And again, on this channel, we try to keep it within a certain time frame. So I can't cover every single argument or look at every single perspective all the times, but I try to be fair and look at both sides. And then I use some of the more common arguments that I see and uh, I found in my research. So as I was doing some research, I was looking, and so I want to take a few common arguments that I found that from uh, pro-gender theorists or people who support the gender theory and think it makes sense or however you want to say it. So there's three main arguments I wanted to pull out and discuss and see what they make sense. So pro-gender theory side. The first argument that they make is that the observable differences in customs among nations is proof that gender is socially constructed. So a lot of these, a lot of these um, gender theorists will say, just take a look at other nations, take a look at other customs, and you already see that gender is not biological. So women acting feminine or men acting masculine is socially constructed because women and men act differently in different countries. So let's just say, for instance, if you'd go to a tribal country, how the women behave and how they act and what's expected about them, what they wear, and their general traits are completely are, are, are widely different than you would see in the Americans in the States. And so how women dress in the States, how women behave in the States is different than other countries. Um, and so stuff like that. So just, just by observation alone, you can tell that gender is socially constructed because these countries have different cultures that influence how men and women behave and so forth. So first of all, that's the first proof and evidence of the gender theory that is just, you can observe. And the second one is very similar to that, the evolution of standards. So if we would look back on history, you would see that, um, let's just say we go back to ancient Greece, women didn't hold a high position, men hold higher positions. Um, and actually, traditionally speaking, in most older cultures, that's how it was, where women were often subjugated under men's authority and they didn't hold as much political power or socioeconomic power as men did. But we see this evolve in Europe. We see this evolve in the States where women are no longer seen as needing to stay home barefoot and pregnant and not have a career. Now we see actually women are seen to, you know, more women are entering to the career field. More women are actually choosing not to have families. A lot more women are choosing to, so forth. So the norms for women and men alike have changed throughout history, which again is a sign that behavior of men and women is not linked to sex, but rather linked to cultural expectations. Therefore, gender is again something separate from sex. So this is just the support of the gender theory that gender and sex are two different things. And the one's socially constructed and the one's not. So again, we have just observationally throughout time, these gender norms have changed. Therefore, gender is not linked to sex. Then you go on to another claim that another argument that there's no uniformity among the sexes. So what does that mean? So if you would just even observe a group of women, you will see 
then not all women act the same either. So some women are more um, gentle, some women are more aggressive, some women are more this, that, or same thing with men. You, some men are more aggressive, some men are not. And how men and women behave, uh, how men, certain men behave is different than how other men behave, and so forth and so on. So there's not even a uniformity of behavior among the sexes themselves, which again would imply that these different cultures and different regions that they that people grow up in influence how they behave and influence how they express themselves in regard to their sex. So all that to be said is just from observation, you can tell that gender and sex are two separate things and therefore should be treated as such. This does not necessarily mean, this does not necessarily apply to what you, this may not necessarily defend fully the transgender argument as we'll see, we'll go into that, see what they say. But it does make the case for the fact that gender and sex are two different things, and therefore we shouldn't link the two. That's the pro side. Now, there are obviously counters to that, and the counter sides will say some different things. And I pulled out some three arguments that I saw that are commonly brought up. So, you see, just because there isn't necessarily, just because you see correlation, how do I, how do I want this? There is still a correlation between behavior and biology a lot of times with people who say gender theory doesn't make sense or whatever. They would say there is still a correlation between behavior and biology. Just because not every person will act the same within like a sex, you can still get a general pool of how they will act. And therefore, so like, let's just take for instance, there were studies done on mice. So when I was looking into this, a lot of there was studies done on mice where they would inject inject the mice with testosterone, extra testosterone, and they would show more signs of aggression. They would show more signs of um, aggressive behaviors. They would show more signs of sexual impulse, stuff like that. So there, it did change how they behave. It did change how they express themselves. Same thing if you injected mice with estrogen, they would change their demeanor. They they become like softer, behave more gently, stuff like that. So. They would do these tests on these different animals and inject them with these different hormones, and it would actually impact how they behaved and how they expressed themselves. And in general, the expression that came out of these studies were similar with these different hormones. So there was some seemingly correlation between the two. So just because not all behavior can be linked to sex and some can be linked to culture doesn't mean sex has no play at all within behavior. Sex and hormones can play a big part in how people behave and how they express themselves. And we see that within studies. We also see that even within, um, to completely exclude the, completely ignore the fact that across all these different cultures, there is still a general consistency among them and how the sexes behave is, I think, just blind optimism. So, for instance, a lot of people point out, yes, men and women behave differently in different societies. That's true. But there is still a general consistency among all these societies. So women tend to be, on average, still more gentle than men do. Now, how that gentleness comes through may be different in different cultures based on how their society is structured, but it still bleeds through that, in general, this happens. Or in regard to men, yes, men on, men on different cultures may behave differently or have different customs, but in general, they still tend to show more aggression, but that may change. So, for instance, in the old, older times when war was more common, a lot more men would join the war and show their aggression through war. Now that war is not as common, a lot of men will show more aggression or more of their uh, might and strength in sports rather than in war. So, so forth. So how this, how these things flesh out might look differently, but doesn't necessarily mean that the core behavioral changes are there 
And you can see the, the correlation between sex and behavior quite often in studies. And a lot of times when they do pools or do studies with men and women, men and women respond differently on average. You have outliers in each scenario, but on average, they still tend to respond similarly. So to completely say that sex has nothing to do with it, a lot of times the counter is that just seems to be blind optimism. And then you also have what we'll, we'll jump into this a little bit later with the transgender argument, but people on the counter side will also talk about the philosophical dilemma between gender and sex relationship. But often to the counter of gender theory, they'll say it's blind optimism to say gender is completely cultural without any behavioral or physical traits to it. As far as my take on this goes, before we jump into the transgender argument, which one I think makes the most sense, I think, I might surprise some people where I think there's a blend that we, I don't think we can completely cut off both of them. So to say gender theory absolutely has nothing, no good points, I think is actually kind of, kind of a weak argument. But to say then that, uh, Gender th that um, gender theory is absolutely true is again I think terrible argument. In this case, it is true. A lot of men, men and women do express themselves differently in different cultures, and gender norms are a pro are, are are given to you by culture, given to you by countries or nations or what's expected or religions. Whether or not those norms are good or bad or are right or wrong, that is up to a moral argument that I'm not going to jump into, but. There is a case to be made that how men and women behave differently in these different cultures due to belief systems. Again, if those belief systems are good or bad, that's for debate on your moral code. However, so gender theorists do have a point in saying that society does influence how the sexes behave and express themselves. So there is somewhat of a difference of expression and sex per se. That point's granted. However, it's also hard to ignore and impossible to ignore the effects that testosterone and estrogen and other hormones have on behavior. T more testosterone does change behavior. Women who take steroids with high levels of testosterone start to behave differently, start to act differently sexually, start to think differently, all these different things, because testosterone doesn't have effect on behavior and how people express themselves. Same thing with estrogen. People who start taking estrogen to transition to from man to woman or whatever, do start to behave differently, do start to think differently, and do start to express themselves differently. To say that hormones and physical ability has nothing to do with gender expression, has nothing to do with how people express themselves, is ridiculous on its face. It doesn't seem to make much sense. So I think a blend of the two, I think there's a moderate middle that we, we need to come to. However, then the question comes to the transgender argument. And now, is it possible for someone to switch genders or to... Um, become someone else, and what does that look like? Again, this is a very nuanced issue, but let's just cover some of the basics here. So, if we're talking about a man who identifies as a woman, and now that he identifies as a woman, he is a woman, therefore, they're a transgender woman, as they would be called. We're going to look at that. Some people might define that a little bit differently, but we're just going to look at the idea that someone becomes the sex that they identify as. So, let's talk about it. Starts off with the pro side. If gender is malleable, so since gender is separate from sex, according to gender theory, then gender in a way is malleable to how we want to choose be, to behave. If I'm a woman or a, I'm, or a man or whatever, and I start to, I, I want to express myself. I want to express how I feel. I want to express how I behave. That is a part of my gender. Now, as I express myself, I'm realizing that I can express myself how I want to. Now, 
culture may inform how I ought to express or how they expect me to express myself. But that doesn't define how I need to express myself. Gender is malleable. Gender is up to me to decide. Therefore, I might act masculine, even though I'm a woman, or I might ask, act feminine, even though I'm a man. And therefore, I am acting in the feminine traits. I become, I am acting like a woman as a man. Well, gender is malleable. Feminine traits, I can, I can join those. So therefore, I am now a transgender woman or something like that. And also, identity is subjective. So if my behavior informs how I identify or how I identify informs how I behave, depending on your how you think that works, well, it's up for me to determine my identity. And if I identify as a woman because, culturally speaking, I act more like a woman, well, now I'm a woman. Gender is malleable. Gender is up to me to decide. And that's normally, since, it, since it's separate from sex and since it has to do with behavior and expression, that's normally how the argument goes. But as I said, the counter to this is more philosophical in nature. And I think this is where the tension can sometimes arise. So the question, first of all, is, well, what is gender at this point? So if gender is expression, behavior, and let's just say how you express yourself within culture, it may not fit within cultural norms or stereotypes. So a woman may act more aggressive. They may act more confident. They may act more um, assertive, whatever. Whatever is traditionally masculine within the culture, they may act more that way. And then since they act masculine, quote unquote, well, now they identify as a man. But what is gender? So are you saying that someone, a woman is now a man because they have these traits? But what if that woman can't, but can not, can a woman be courageous? Can a woman be assertive? Can a woman be confident? Most people would say, yes, a woman can be all those things and still be a woman. Well, then why does having this behavior now make someone else a man? When these two people can be a woman and a man, but yet have the same behavior, what is a man? What is a woman? It doesn't really make sense to define that based on behavior if men and women can still have any sort of behavior, any sort of expression. So then it comes down to, well, what do we call feminine? What do we call masculine? We call that based on the norms or based on the stereotypes. Well, shouldn't our goal be to, in theory, destroy those stereotypes? Because if you're saying that, well, acting gentle, submissive, kind, and all those things is feminine, and I do that as a male, so therefore now I'm a woman, are you saying men can't act that way? And aren't you just relying on stereotypes to create that? So the relationship between gender and sex is sort of convoluted. At the very best, you could you could almost say that gender is just personality traits. Gender is just behavior. It doesn't need to say, you don't need to be now, I'm a man who acts, I'm a man who has quote unquote stereotypical feminine traits. That doesn't necessarily now make you a woman. That doesn't make you a man with these different traits, these being a more gentle man or a more gentle person as a whole. It's reliant. The, the issue is that the calling someone a woman now because they act more like what you might stereotypically call a woman is just reliant on stereotypes. It's just reliant on some sort of subjective phrasing, which then makes definition of gender just personality and behavior. It becomes, it becomes almost a useless word that you could just replace with behavior and personality. And should have nothing then to do with sex at all. Again, that's kind of 
And then I, th I kind of think that makes the most sense is that we should, if, if ultimately we want to destroy stereotypes and ultimately we want to destroy these sort of traditional ways men ought to act or these traditional ways women ought to act, well, then we should abolish this idea of transgenderism altogether. We should just make it that men can act in any way they want to and still be men. Women can act any way they want to and still be women. And there's no need now for this transitioning. There's no need now for this new identification of I am a woman because I act more like a woman because that's just a stereotype. Women can act however they want, but they just happen to have ovaries and a vagina. Men can act however they want, but they just happen to have a penis and a scrotum. There doesn't need to be this transitioning thing that, oh, now I act more like a man. I need to transfer to a woman. That doesn't need to. That doesn't need to be there. Perhaps that is the goal. And right now, people would say that the transgender movement, or whatever you want to call it, is just a response to the cultural norms that are currently here. And then once those are gone, that transitioning is no longer necessary because everyone's acceptable for however they behave. Maybe, but as of now, gender is an empty word that means doesn't really mean anything and it's also based on stereotypes which typically people criticize within culture so i just think that the relationship between gender and sex is convoluted and doesn't make much sense so i don't i don't think the whole idea of transitioning makes any sense because now there's no definition of man there's no definition for woman they're meaningless words people obviously will disagree with me and that's up for discussion and continue to talk about these topics and moving forward and seeing what people have to say and again, I am avoiding talking about whether or not these norms are good or bad. So I don't necessarily disagree. So to just kind of just kind of conclude and to cap it all off, I don't disagree with gender theory in the sense that cultural norms and countries and religious beliefs influence and dictate how people express themselves. That's obviously the case, especially within how the sexes should behave. I don't disagree with that necessarily. I might disagree with the fact that all these norms and expectations are bad. I would, I, I would, I might disagree with that. But I would not disagree with the fact that norms, behaviors, I mean, norms and beliefs do influence how the sexes behave. I also wouldn't necessarily disagree. I don't also disagree with the fact that biology influences how people behave because there's enough evidence for that. So to say there's completely no link between behavior and biology is not, doesn't make that much sense. And then to say, that a man can be a woman doesn't make much sense because it's either based on stereotypes, which doesn't need to be the case, and man and woman become empty words that mean nothing because you can't, there's no way to actually define those things because if men can act however they want, women can act however they want, well then they become empty words if you're basing identity on behavior. Hopefully I explained that right. I don't know if I, I, don't know if I explained that properly, but that is kind of just a recap of this whole argument. So, all that being said, this topic is not going to go away anytime soon, and I want people to continue to just discuss it uh, from both sides and see how it works, and come together as people to have these type of conversations. So yeah, thank you for listening, and if you enjoyed what you heard, again, subscribe and follow, and we'll keep covering topics about the culture and again i have an interview at the end of this month so check it out S stay in tune and check out my social media at instagram and twitter and you can check my website l2world.info now friends go out there and light the world <laughs>